The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Street 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 touchdown! Parsons has second. Prescott keeps it and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a wonderful Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We are live from the Star in Frisco, Texas and the SWBC Studios. It is week 17 of the NFL season. The Dallas Cowboys facing the Detroit Lions coming up on Saturday. We've got Isaiah Stanback, John Machota back in the building today, Mr. Nick Harris. Yeah, barely back in the building, but I'm barely. here. Barely. You got I'm it. I'm here. My flight landed at 8.18, but I am here, 9 a.m., ready to go. Let's to get it. Jay's Dedication. Yeah. I see you Sounds like you've had shopper. your black rifle this morning, too. I well, haven't. I haven't. I'm just ready to go. No, let's, you're let's just that in. excited to talk yeah, about this? He missed the show I'm going to hit black rifle after, though, for sure. Oh, yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. Nice. You felt left out yesterday. Nice little plug. I'm getting better at this. <laughs> Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. All right, Nick, we haven't heard your thoughts on the Miami loss 22-20 yet. You were there. What happened? Yeah, um, I, I think if uh, we we remember back to last week, I I would not I was not expecting this defense to play as well as it did uh, on Sunday in Miami. Uh, I think that was probably the biggest surprise. Honestly, the run defense was great. It was pretty pretty damn good, uh, limiting Mo, uh, Mostert and a chance to, to the yardage that they had. Um, if if you told me going in that that was going to be the case, you were only going to limit that Dolphins offense to one touchdown. Um, you're going to force them into some long field goal situations with a kicker that had missed seven straight 50 plus yard field goals going into that game. Then I would have told you, oh okay, the, this this Cowboys team they, they figured mm-hmm. this out. But that second and third quarter, man, not being able to get anything going offensively. Obviously the fumble on the goal line from Hunter. It's very tough. You want to hear it? Very tough you stuff. You want to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, unfortunately, let's pull the Band-Aid. This is a support I, group. You know, I think I think it, there's probably half half um, blame on both sides between Dak and Lipke. I, I mean, that's a, that's a that's a handoff that you got to practice throughout the week, and um, they haven't had that practice throughout the year. Obviously, he had only had six touches coming into the game. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you t- I'll let you touch on it. So. Going back, how long do you think Hunter Lipke's been playing the running back slash fullback position in his, his life? His whole life. Okay. Yeah. So there's certain just mechanics, yeah. um, operation yep. per, per se, that just just happen every single time. Meaning yep. like arm up, arm yep. down with a little clamping motion, right? Yep. Okay. He had no bottom arm. The, the bottom arm was yeah. was was non-existent. The we ball talk, came high. We the talked about it in, the, in one of our breaks on uh, yesterday's show yep. about – the mesh of you know when you do like the read option like the yeah. polling i wonder if he thought that dak was gonna pull yeah that's a they're, I, they're, I just i just don't understand why they would pull right there why there would be an option there's no pull it's just, it's just it was bad mechanics he didn't have a bottom arm there was no bottom bar it was more of like, it was like up this. in front it was like this yeah so Dak put the ball rather high, low. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. that's what the whole purpose. There's no of base. There. There's no. There's no base. There's no bottom yeah. shelf, right? So the ball's going to come straight out. It doesn't matter yeah. who you are. 
So that's just and he was anxious. Yeah. That's what that's what it really comes down to. He was anxious and he lost his mechanics. And unfortunately the Cowboys had to pay for it. Four touches on the first drive though. Like whenever he lined up at the goal line, I was like, Oh my god, this, Here is, it is. this is my moment. <laughs> this is it. This is the time, <laughs> this is, my this moment. Is the top of the mountain, and then we just came crashing down. Yeah. The boulder came down the mountain and hit me in Indiana the Indiana Jones boulder. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. But uh Nick's running down the mountain. <laughs> yeah. It's just gonna clamp me. But uh yeah, ten point swing right out of the gates. Yeah. I mean when that happened and they came down and, and kicked a field goal, um, and they had two opportunities to have some big shots. Tyreek dropped the one yep. that would have been a 93-yard touchdown, and then Waddle came back with a 50-yarder. I was just worried that that defense was going to get killed over the top all game, and then that didn't happen. The defense held up, and obviously you, I have to give credit to that unit for, for being able to do that against an offense like that, but, man, the offense, uh, they're going to have to come to play in all four quarters. Uh, the third quarter has been the quarter that has killed them the most this season, but it was stacked with the second quarter this season uh, or this past week. So, mm-hmm. um, um, we'll see against Detroit. Obviously, a really good opportunity to bounce back. We'll dive into it today. Um, uh, going back to going back home against a quality NFC opponent. I think there's still time to right this ship before um, the playoffs start. But man, the way Tampa Bay played this past weekend, uh, this wild card round isn't becoming such an afterthought uh, uh, anymore. So no. um, uh, they've stacked four wins in a row. I think that's going to be probably what we look at here in a couple weeks. But yeah, what do you think the key is to on the teams you've been on? When to play well coming out of halftime, is there anything that you've noticed? Because you know, on the outside, there's a lot of the play. You know, halftime yeah. speech, and halftime like, adjustments, yeah, half-time and adjustments, all sorts yeah. of Being stuff. Being honest with you, man, there's there's substantially more talk on outside looking in than there ever is on the inside. Yeah, like you really only got eight minutes in there. Yeah, like yeah. it's quick. Isaiah's you know I mean? getting, Isaiah's getting an uncrustable. Literally, you walk in the locker tape room. job and an uncrustable. You walk in the locker rifles. room, you throw your helmet in your locker for a hot second, you go use the bathroom, yeah. you sit down, you grab a drink, coach runs in there, literally the whole coaching staff runs into the locker room, they get in front of the board, they're like, all right, boys, listen up, listen up, all right, this is what's going on, boom, boom, and they hit on a couple points, and then it's like they have to run out and get back to the booth. Like, it's literally no time. So, I mean, yeah, you addressed the, the key points, but it's not like you're sitting there having a whole team meeting, yeah. you know what I'm saying, for a half hour. Like, it's, it's not that much time. They're going to come down. They're going to tell you exactly what's been going on. All right, it's the, all the changes that need to happen really, really quick, and then, like, it's gone. And then you come out and you try to execute better. Like, that's – there's there's more – substantially more talk on the outside looking in. It's just – on the inside, you're just – you're playing, man. Yeah. You're playing. You recognize, hey, things aren't going our way. we got to make some changes. But it's not like a come-to-Jesus meeting where you have to – you know, everybody's sitting there at their kumbaya and at halftime. Would, would it that be would comparable be to <laughs> would, it, would it be comparable to, like, in-between drives, having conversations with your coaches on the sideline? I mean, it's the same thing, basically. There's, I would there's, assume so. There's more time – in the game, that's what I. That's, On the yeah, drives, that's what I'm yeah. There's yeah. more. There's more information that's conveyed in in, in between drives than there ever is at halftime. Hmm. I do think it's funny because I think on the outside you look at it as it's like the movies, you know, it's like any given Sunday. It's like it, you're, you're picturing almost like Mike McCarthy's the only one talking to the entire team. The Niners, I want to say it was last season. I think it was last season during a preseason game. They let one of our writers at the Athletic go in the locker room. Hmm. Now, the the writer could only write about certain things, but to your point, it was a lot about how. People are broken off into groups. It's yep. not like this one big like message, rah rah, you know, speech in the middle of the locker room type thing. Like I think that maybe you see in TV shows and movies. Everybody take a knee. Right, right. You're like you get the whiteboard, and then there's yeah. like a soft music underlying. Literally, the, the coaches are the same for you in college too. <laughs> same deal where you break off like that, or because it's a longer halftime. That's the reason I ask. Um, I feel like college was more deliberate in terms of the team. Okay. Hmm. Um, 
but then you like the the OC comes, you know, your D coordinator takes the team. They they mention a couple of things that you need to hit on. Then it's like, okay, get with your position groups, and like your position coach comes over to your locker. It's like, all right, look, this is what we're looking at. This is what we need to do, and then they're gone. But like in, in NFL, it's quick. Literally, yeah. by the time you come away from the doggone urinal and come back to your locker. You can see the coaching staff literally running in. Like, they're running in. They're like, okay, 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 okay. And they're like, hurry up. And like, everybody knows they only have a hot second to get across their message. So they get everybody's attention real quick. And they're like, okay. And they write their little quick notes on the board. They tell everybody what to do. And they're like, all right. And then, then they're running back out the door trying to get back up to the to the doggone booth. Interesting. Yeah, because you've got you've got moments with your position coach. And a lot of times those position coaches, uh, coaches are on the sidelines. So you'll probably get a word with them as you're on your way in or on your way out. <clears throat> whenever you're going in the locker room. But then you've got the coordinators and some of those other coaches that see it from a different angle than you do, and mm-hmm. they have a different perspective. Correct. And so maybe that's the one time you get the chance to hear that different perspective. It's interesting to think about because teams, there are first-half and second-half teams in mm-hmm. any level of the sport. And so far the Cowboys, at least in terms of the first quarter, have been great. In terms of the fourth quarter, for the most part, have been pretty darn good. Third quarter has been where they've been really missing that same level of emphasis. I think that just comes from the coaches' adjustments. Some coaches so. are better at con- not only gaining, not attaining knowledge in that first half, but then being able to quickly convey that information and those changes that need to take place to your team. Mm-hmm. And then your team being able to make those alterations and, and execute them on the field in the second half. I think that's the more important aspect. And that's not to say that, you know, it is to say some coaches are better communicators than others, and then the team has to receive it and actually go out there and apply it. Now, there's different levels of changes, right? There's, hey, you know, maybe the coach in the booth saw something that everybody else on the field didn't see. It's like, hey, you know, make sure you shorten your split down on this or make sure that you don't overset, you know, if you're a tackle. Like just little you know, cues and pointers here and there that might, that might pay huge dividends in that second half, but it's not an overtaking. It's not a, hey, we're going to – we're going to change everything that we're doing now. It's, it's just That's not what it is. Speaking of some changes, I just want to throw this out there because we didn't talk about yesterday to you guys. Uh, I really liked when they won the toss, they took the ball. Uh, just yep. as a, kind of a change of ball. What did you guys think of, of that? Uh, I, I, mean, I they, think I in think that game you had. I think it's a situational basis. And I'm doing it against the Niners, too. I don't think they've had the ball once to start the game in any of those three last three Niners games. I There's just I something about too. getting a lead yeah. with this particular team. I'm not saying, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mike McCarthy loves the double-double, the going into half, scoring, okay. having the ball coming out. The percentage of you winning that game are through the roof. I get that. But for certain teams, I think you have to change things up. So when they won the toss and, yeah. they, and they took it, I really liked that. Now, of course, they didn't score, but yeah. the way that they went down the field like that, I liked it, but I didn't want to hear what you guys had to say. Well, if you have Lipke hold on to the ball and he's into the end zone. And let's say the Dolphins and the next Cowboys drive end up the exact same as it would have been anyways, a field goal and then C.D. Lamb touchdown. You're up 14-3, I think completely different ball game. Uh, 14-3, and I think you're – and, of course, it's a butterfly effect. If Lipke scores, then you don't know what happens after that because it's a different ball game. But it, let's say that, that it does stay the same and he just holds on and crosses the goal line. You're up 14-3 to on the road. I think this team with a an eleven point lead is a completely different ball club. So I agree with you in this situation, and I think in a situation against like per se Forty uh, ers yes, I would take it against San Francisco, Philadelphia. I, I think I would rather my defense get out there and get a stop first. It, it's just kind of a situational basis, but I, yeah. I liked it in this game because you thought you were going to have to go down and score points and control time of possession. You did so. You just turned it over at the goal line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. News and notes? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, practice report coming out of uh, yesterday. So it's a short week. Reminder, the game is on Saturday night this week. So yesterday was treated as a quote-unquote Wednesday here in the building. Uh, we could dive into some injury um, things here. Jonathan Hankins, we spoke to him in the locker room last week. Y'all may have touched on this yesterday when Jerry Jones spoke on the fan, but uh, there didn't seem to be as much optimism yesterday morning as Hankins had last week as far as playing <laughs> against Detroit. He was listed as a did-not-practice with his knee-slash-ankle injury. Um, we'll see as that as the week goes on where he where, where he's at with that Tyron Smith once again did not practice with his uh, back injury that kept him out of the game on uh, Sunday against Miami and then going through some more injury stuff Stefan Gilmore he told me in the locker room after the game that he suffered a rib injury during the game hmm. it looked pretty scary whenever it happened initially just because he was kind of writhing in pain threw his helmet off really quick and but he was back two plays later on the field um he was on the injury report but it was for rest reasons the the rib is not on here um so that's that's a good sign as far as him going forward this week and then uh, really quick to touch on some other ones Rico Dowdle ankle limited uh Brandon Cooks rest uh limited as well Demarcus Lawrence with rest Jordan Lewis with rest uh, Hunter Lipke has a thigh injury you know, maybe that had something to do, you know, right. Uh, he was limited <laughs> and uh, uh, Malik Hooker with his ankle injury uh, limited as well. OK, so and uh, no major concerns for the Lions either. Uh, Brock Wright, uh, backup tight end, hip injury. He was the only one that did not practice yesterday. So for the most part, whenever you're looking up and down the roster, it's about the same as what it was last week, which is, I mean, knock on wood. That's great. But Tyron Smith, questionable. Hankins, probably doubtful. And that's what you've got going on injury-wise, right? Yeah. Do you think there's a better shot to see Tyron this week? Do you, where would your confidence level meter be? I Right now, I think he plays on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hasn't practiced first day of the week at all this season. They're yeah. not going to practice him the first day of the week when he's battling something. So I'm not... I, I'm not concerned yet about Tyron. Um, ask me Friday, <laughs> and we'll see. But as of right now, I, I don't. I, I think there's a little bit more concern with Hankins if you're okay. asking me specifically. What do you think? So Tyron was walking around the locker room yesterday. Okay. And so for for two things, why that stood out to me: one, he he was moving better than he was last week during That's the good. week, and then two is that when Tyron, I I'm not saying this is a fact, but there's oftentimes I I would see Tyron not being in the locker room at all if he didn't think he was going to play. Yeah. Like they're just the fact that he walked he walked through mm. there and was at his locker for a little bit. Normally he would you would just wouldn't even see him in there. So I thought that was a pretty positive sign. Again, that's just some reading between the lines. But yeah, I would yeah. agree with you. I think he plays in this. Of course, game. the one day I missed Tyron Smith's at his <laughs> locker. Of course, yeah, dude. I will say though, if I've been covering this team since 2011. <laughs> if you were to miss a day, yesterday was the day. Yeah, in the locker, there was just yeah, nothing going on there. It's <laughs> it was the least productive locker room day of any time, any my entire time covering the Cowboys. There, so yeah, including those times when you go in there after a uh, season-ending loss, you know, for the locker room. And they get the trash bag. Pretty bad, yeah. But no, this was there was just not a lot of guys there. So that means that today will be uh, very busy. Everybody will be yeah. talking. There's nothing. A word. There's nothing yeah. to read into there, right? With what? Based off of two straight losses. Oh, no, it's because it, of the way they they flipped this practice. I just wanted to, yeah, I, yeah, I wanted yeah, to put yeah, it out yeah. there no, no, because no, no, everybody oh, yeah. at home is probably like, oh, oh yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, no, no, no. locker room problem. No, no. It's no, worse no. than a season-ending loss. Yeah. No, no, no. no. They, flipped the, they flipped these practice schedules, so that's why it's like that. So the locker room availability is early in the morning when like guys are either just getting there or all the guys – you don't see everybody at their locker because they don't have to go there. Yeah. So that's the reason. It's not because of this loss or anything like that. Because to be honest with you, I thought I thought this loss after the game too reminded me a lot of the Philadelphia game, where it was a loss, but I didn't get the sense that 
it was like, you know, after the Buffalo or Niners yeah. game, we were like, we got major things that we need to fix here. And like that. I'll say this. I think there was a little bit more frustration in sure. the locker room after this loss than yeah. any of the other five, four or five. I, it was similar to Arizona in that sense where it was okay, just yeah. like, why did this happen? Yeah, like, yeah. How, how did we not come out with the win? And, and yeah, since it's, it's, it's kind of like the vibe I felt. So there. it's a mixture. And a little bit of more official uh, yeah, stuff. For sure. But Micah definitely <laughs> on, was On and off the record. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I could see that because there's a, there's a frustration with, man, they, they had every opportunity and mm-hmm. they let it slip because of the, the Lipke fumble and plays down the stretch and things like that. Didn't get a stop at the end from your defense. It, it felt like Dallas had every opportunity to win that game and they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I could sense a little bit of frustration. But you're right. From the way that they answered questions and from what we could see from here at the Star and looking at post-game reaction, it was, uh, okay, we've, we can learn from this, but we, we have a bit of confidence on the road in a, in a loss like this. Not a moral victory, but still something to grow upon. All right, when we come back, we're going to preview the Dallas defense versus the offense of the Detroit Lions. There are some weapons here. Is the speed comparable to Miami? And what do they do well with Jared Goff at quarterback? We'll talk about it when we come back. More Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. 
Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Isaiah, did you get them in? You know what, Kyle? What? I did not get them in Why? today. Why? Uh, they weren't cooked to my standards today. Mm. What were you just eating? They must not have been Quaker. They were Quaker grits. Mm. Uh, they were just. I would agree with that. Oh. <laughs> the preparation was off today. Yes. A little bit too much water today. Oh, A little man. too much water today. Well, hey. We'll get back at it. We'll get them again tomorrow. We'll get back at it tomorrow. I'm with Please. that, guy. super trusted. <laughs> yeah. Please. All right. Detroit Lions, 11-4, and four, fresh off their first division title since 1993. Isaiah, where were you in 1993? Dude, I was nine, year, nine years old. Nine years old? Yeah. Where were you? 11, man. Diehard Lions fan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, did you get the T-shirts and everything? They didn't really do a whole lot of T-shirts. I, I, well, I went and well after they won in '91, after they beat the Cowboys, and that was the first time they had won a playoff game. They had like some of the players, like Lomas Brown, Eric Kramer, some of the guys at like a uh, uh, autograph signing or something like that. So I have a picture of like when I was, I don't know, like nine, ten years old with Eric Kramer because mm-hmm. it was like the, the biggest deal. Because I mean, to be honest with you, this isn't just a, a Detroit Lions thing. I mean, you see what the Pistons are going through right now, yeah. the Red Wings, the Tigers. They've all had like the worst seasons like any franchise can have so when there is any type of like what's going on right now that's what i'm telling you there's gonna be a lot of lions fans at game saturday night i mean like yeah i got four or five friends coming down because of the one you think it's going to be better weather mm-hmm. than it is in detroit that's fair new year's eve it's a saturday marquee game and your team is finally good and they're playing another team that's good so yeah we've talked about that before too of with AT&T Stadium being a destination stadium. Absolutely. Fans across the NFL want to go to Arlington to see the stadium. And I don't blame them. Every time we walk in there, it's it's insane. And and there is that. Like, you look at some of the questions that their players are asked. Like, I saw Jared Goff yesterday, like, at the end of his press conference, was asked about the whole, like, so what do you think of the whole mystique of whole, like, America's team, stuff like that? That still lives. Yeah, it does. You know, so that adds to it, too, because when you said that, the first thing I thought of was Vegas. That's going to be a destination I see for a lot of teams going forward because they're fans. You can go to Vegas and then see yep. your team play uh, the Raiders. But there is something about Dallas, the Cowboys. If you've never been to Texas, most people, I would think, because I know I was like this, you think of, like, Texas like is football you know mm-hmm. so there is that part of it too and then again like you're thinking december texas the weather will probably be decent especially if you're from michigan you know yeah yeah this weather it, it's supposed to be cold on saturday but it's not supposed to be like detroit yeah <laughs> detroit cool that's, that's not happening but with all that being said i mean the lions have been playing very good football and the, the offense of course run by jared Goff. you've got some weapons david montgomery jameer gibbs at the running back position sam laporta who was a draft target for the cowboys went a little bit too high in the second round for dallas to even have really a shot at him uh at the tight end position he's had a phenomenal rookie season and you've got like the trio on the outside of jameson williams uh, amonra st brown josh reynolds uh donovan peoples jones that are that are out at wide receiver, it's mostly St. Brown and Reynolds that have kind of been the guys this year uh, with with this offensive line, too. And the offensive line with Pinay Sewell 
They they don't allow a whole lot of pressure. This offensive line is really good. Yeah, it's 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 kind of the the core of what they do offensively. Uh, it's why they've been able to run the ball so well with multiple guys in the backfield. Even when Montgomery gets hurt or Gibbs gets hurt, they can throw other guys in there and they still have success. It's allowed Jared Goff to really settle in in the pocket and have time. And when when Jared Goff has time, what we see what he did in the Rams offense, uh, he's starting to do that here in Detroit as well. I mean, they got two guys up front. Uh, you could make the argument three guys up front that are Pro Bowl All Pro type caliber guys uh frank ragno at center and panay sewell at tackle and then the third is graham glasgow at uh at guard yeah this offensive line is is up there in terms of what dallas has had to go up against but isaiah when you look at jerry Goff and the way that this passing game rolls is it is it predicated off of the the same type of play action the speed the motion that we saw from miami or is it completely different no it's more simplistic i think they're running more base uh, concepts offensively but the one thing that kind of sticks out from the film that i have seen is these guys are they're patient they're super patient um they're they'll they'll try to push it down the field from time to time but ultimately these guys are perfectly fine just throwing underneath if you want to play soft coverage they will they will dump 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 you know quick pass quick pass underneath and then run the ball like they're they're not in a hurry <laughs> you don't get the sense that they're like they feel like they have to have a big play they are perfectly content on having long drives um and it shows really their maturity and their and their coaching staff and that and, and that's that's kind of the sense that I get. Like these guys are mature, they're confident in who they are, um, and they want to just they 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 like beating you up. Like yeah. they, they like the physical aspect of long drives. Like they take they take joy in that. Um, so you don't like in Miami is more so like hey, yeah they'll run it, they'll beat you up and running the ball, but ultimately they want a big play. Like they 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 love the big play. This team you don't get that sense. Like they're just they're just they're prime. Fifteen play drive, cool. <laughs> like they like they like it. It's, it's similar to Dallas in that sense that they want to win the time of possession mm-hmm. battle, and if they win the time of possession battle, then they're content with whatever happens on the following yeah. uh, on the on the backside of it. So uh, that's that's probably the biggest thing you look at when both teams are on offense on Saturday. It's impressive how much they've gotten out of their young guys too. The, how much of the the impact they've gotten. I mean, just look at this draft class, and I know we're talking about the offensive side of the ball, but Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, both key cogs in their offensive attack. First round pick on Gibbs, second round pick on Laporta. They also had another first and second round pick, and they're on the defensive side. Jack Campbell is your starting uh, linebacker, and then you've got Brian Branch, who's your nickel at the moment, who is a second round pick, and all those guys are making impacts from this youth which makes me think that this team has a chance to build moving forward this is only the beginning of the lions window of what they're doing winning football games and i I think john whenever you look at what the lions have done this year there's an excitement around it but there's also a bit of an an experience there that dallas could possibly take advantage of yeah no there is for sure and I will say, I mean, that's very popular saying is same old Lions. You're always just waiting for, you know, the bottom to fall out. And so you you mentioned that draft, and it looks good right now. But I can tell you, when it was being drafted, there was a lot of criticism of, like, running back, Mm -hmm. linebacker, tight end. That's where you're using these premium positions. This is an organization that thought they were going to be ahead of the curve and go Charles Rogers, Roy Williams, Mike Williams, that wide receiver, and put all these guys around Joey Harrington, and it was a huge disaster. I mean, it led to that 0-16 season that they had. Hmm. And so to see them actually have success doing this, it makes you feel like, oh, you know, something's different here. This isn't the, the same old Lions. They're, I will say them beating, build, building through the offensive line, having those those high draft picks, there's just things about the way this team's built that, that yeah. 
remind me a little bit of the 2016 Cowboys where Mm. Dak was NFL Rookie of the Year, but Dak wasn't asked to do what he's being asked right now. Like, Jared Goff's certainly not a rookie, but he's also not being asked to just win these Mm -hmm. games. It's like, hey, we got a good offensive line, we got a good running game, you got a really good receiver you can count on, and I'm Ron St. Brown. And so the next step is them trying to get Jamison Williams to take, you know, play like a first-round pick. He has got 13 targets the last two games, but... That's been like a slow build. It just doesn't seem like him and Goff had been on the same page for a while, and so maybe they're getting there. But, no, it is certainly a young team that you know that a lot of people are excited about for sure. Um, but to Isaiah's point from earlier in the year, though, a lot of really disappointed people that about the whole not making a move at the deadline, especially when you saw what Chase Young, what you had to give up to Chase Young in San Francisco. Because you had Chase yeah. Young to this, it, it takes everything to a next, next you know, tier. So. But kind of like the Cowboys, they didn't make any real big moves to like shake things up during the deadline. When a lot of people are like, "Let's go, let's go for it right it's now." Time for yeah. the move, and maybe. But to your point, I think they didn't because they do think this is just the beginning. This is the beginning of the, of the window, and I mean they've got three. You you mentioned high draft picks on that offensive line that has been very very good this year. You got three first rounders and two second or two third rounders. That's it. I mean everybody is a top one hundred pick on their offensive line. That's what they've got. And then they've got some guys behind them that could kind of fill in where need be, just kind of pieces like that. So if they continue to stay healthy, their offensive line is dangerous. And and that's going to be something that's going to challenge Dan Quinn and company. But when you look at this defense from the Cowboys side of things and where they're banged up, Nick, do you have any specific spot where Dallas is going to have to bow up against this Lions offense I mean even though the run defense was really strong um uh, this past week against Miami it's it's another two-headed monster that you have to go up against so yeah it's that defensive interior once again especially when you factor in the matchup that Mozzie and Neville Gallimore will have this week compared to last week against a reserve and Lester Cotton and both of those guys were able to win some reps against him and kind of force things to be a little bit array in the middle now you're going up against an all-pro center an yeah. all-pro caliber center and it's only going to be more more difficult you got two different style of backs I think that's also something a little bit different from Miami you got Montgomery who's going to be the thumper he's going to come in right down the middle of the of the defensive line and make things difficult and then Jameer Gibbs he's going to be the outside tackles guy he's going to make your life hell in the receiving game as well so uh, it's it's a multiple game that they run out of the backfield and that's what I worry about is this defensive front can't hold up what did you think about the interior defensive line against Miami I I thought they played well but I think more so the running game and being able to limit that was more of an effect of Demarcus Lawrence being able to seal off the edges Uh, Micah Parsons did a really good job of that as well even when he was put back into the second level and then I have to credit Malik Hooker as well he's sneakily one of the better run defenders on this team which is strange coming from the third level and typically he's coming from that high safety look as well which is also strange but he diagnoses those things so fast and he never bites on play action he typically knows it's 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 quite impressive and so he's he's been able to make a significant impact in the run game uh, since he's been back, or I guess just the Miami game since he's been back, right? Yeah. What do you think? Which part? About the interior defensive line. Uh, serviceable. I mean, they obviously took care of business in comparison to the Buffalo game. Uh, I think, obviously, the Buffalo game was mostly the edges that were really soft. I mean, obviously, you missed Jonathan Hankins' presence, but um, you know, holistically, these guys, they had a relatively good game, but to your point, you know, this is going to be a, a huge challenge for them. Um, this is a Miami was really efficient, you know, stat-wise coming into the game. Dallas took care of business and met the match. This team is – one thing you know about them is their character is running the ball. Like that is the, that's the literally the, the ethos of this team is physicality. And if there's anybody outside of Buffalo and outside of San Francisco that is going to test you, it is, it is freaking Dan Campbell. 
if there's any if there was any personality in his league that was going to say, hey, what we saw on film, let's see if that's true. Like, make them prove it. Yeah. Like, this is the guy that's going to say, go, downhill, downhill, downhill. And this game might be over in 60 minutes. <laughs> I'm one side of the ball or the other. You know, if Coach McCarthy or Dan Campbell, I think both of them are going to try to take the air out the ball and really try to try to try to meet physicality uh, with force. And you're going to find out what you have. You're saying Tony Pollard's going to get more than 12 touches? I'm, I hope, man. I freaking hope. But I think Dan Campbell's definitely going to try to prove a point in this game. I was reading some of his comments and how excited he is about about this game and coming to town and oh yeah, and it's the Jimmy game. Yeah. He's he's ready. He's ready and this offensive line is obviously they saw some they've seen some things multiple times now yep. that they're like, hmm. All right, let's see. I mean, yeah. it's, it's no different. Do you think there's maybe a factor here for for Mozzie Smith? I mean, we've talked about how there have been flashes, but that's about it from Monzi this year. I mean, he's I, I, from my, my Southfield, hope. Michigan. Yeah, my, that's my he hope. He went to Michigan. Yes. That's my hope. Can he have something similar happen this week? My hope. I thought I don't, you said that's my home. No, I, I don't know. Like, no, no. <laughs> my home. I don't know what his trigger is. Everybody has a trigger. Yeah. Every person walking this earth has a freaking trigger. And I'm hoping that his competitive bug is, is triggered this week. Not only by Detroit coming to town, but also the fact that there's another Michigan boy on the opposing side that might just get a little bit more attention than he does. Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. I, I'm hopeful that that, that just pushes his easy button and just turns him into the monster that we know he can be, That it, but he just hasn't shown since he's been here. Hmm. Yeah, and it is funny you say that, though, because I just think of being from Michigan. I'm not a Michigan football fan, but those two guys are just like the face of the turnaround to why like Michigan's in their the third straight college football playoff. Like mm-hmm. those two guys right there, Hutchinson and Mozzie Smith, that like helped change everything for them. Do you think, or do you remember Mozzie maybe being a uh, a, a Lions fan? Did that ever stick out to you, like growing up or anything? I've never asked him that question. Oh, I, I, I don't know. know if yeah, you, I don't know. From back from draft yeah, process or no, something? No, I don't. I've never heard him talk about anything like that. I, Jonathan Hankins, though, last week certainly sounded like he like this is the game he was targeting. He wanted, He's from Detroit, yeah, too. He's, he wants to get back for. And I mean, to Nick's point, there was just a lot of stuff about how he would help out in this game so much if he could play because he knows that they want to run the football. Yep. Oh, oh Mozzie's not a fan of football, remember? He, oh, that's he, right. He only likes oh, hitting yeah. people. That's right. Like, he likes right. hitting people. Yeah. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> I, forgot about I was that. thinking about that the other day. Like, that's a quote from training camp that when it happened, everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Like, he's a mauler. And now <laughs> yeah. everybody's kind of like thinking about that quote. And it's like, oh, maybe that wasn't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he that was wasn't serious. The best he was thing. genuine about it. He like, was totally I don't genuine. Like yeah. I like hitting people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. All, All right. right. Sweet, Mozzie. Let's hit some people. Walker made eye contact with that when he said that. We were just like, I hope uh, I hope he finds it. I do. I really do. And I haven't given up on Mozzie yet. I still yeah. think he can be a, a a valuable piece of the interior defensive line for a long time to come. It just it, it hasn't hit yet. It hasn't hit yet. And like you said, maybe it takes a trigger. Maybe yeah. it takes a flip of the switch, and maybe that comes this week against Detroit. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, we have some national storylines to talk about. John Machota's got a couple topics that we're going to hit in a couple moments. What? What'd you just face palm for? I know what he's going to talk about. <laughs> oh, that's okay. All right, when we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. 
They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This segment of the show is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. We've got John Machoda, Nick Harris, Isaiah Stanback, Hi, Kyle. Kyle Yeomans. John, it's time for some national storylines. Yeah, we're going to start out. <laughs> Are we going to start with the one that Isaiah wants yeah, to Yeah, let's, oh. let's anger Isaiah early in the morning. I don't want to mess up my day. All right, well, You're, we'll, we'll get through so, this real quick. <laughs> so there's a gentleman from the Chargers by the name of Sebastian Joseph Day, a defensive tackle, who uh, – probably would help a lot of teams run defense and he was released and free to sign well he was put on waivers i don't think it no one claimed him so he's free to sign with any team he wanted mm -hmm. so it seems like that would be a potential fit for the dallas cowboys sure. wasn't he the was, captain he was he was okay. one of their captains yes interesting great leader then yes and so Vocal. Mm, yeah. and so he was available uh within the last few days and he did not sign with the cowboys he signed a one-year deal with the san francisco 49ers of course he did and so um, the rich get richer, and they have added a key piece, much like they did right before the trade deadline, uh, with Chase Young. So, yeah, Isaiah, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> How many defense alignment have they acquired now? <laughs> haven't they, no, no, let's think about it. They, haven't they acquired an entire starting defensive line as their backup defensive line? That's just what I think. Go J through it. Chase Young, Randy Gregory, Sebastian Joseph Day. Somebody from Philly, maybe? Uh Oh, you're talking uh, about Javon Hargrave? Oh, that or, guy. Yeah, was that oh, Hargrave? Yeah, you're talking like off-season as well? Just in general? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just in general? Then, yeah, there's a couple more guys in there as well. Hmm. I'm pulling it up. Give me two seconds. Okay. Yeah, no, so. it's a, yeah. so they've they've acquired a starting defensive line as their supplemental defensive line. Pharrell, uh, or Clellan Pharrell, whatever his name is, from Las Vegas. Uh, Chase Young. 
Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead. That was a draft pick. Yeah. Um, Randy so, Gregory. So Gregory. Sebastian Joseph Day. Gregory Young as your DNs. Okay. And Day and Hargrave as your D tackles, correct? Mm-hmm. That's been acquired. I'm running for 200 yards myself on that D line. Yeah, that's I'm been acquired. That was added this year. It's over. That was pulling a buffalo this year. Yeah, added. That wasn't there on the roster last year. You know what mm-hmm. that makes me think? And I was thinking about this yesterday. Whenever it came down that he had signed with the 49ers, I wonder if there there's not a lot of confidence in the group that they have or if they just they just love having rotational guys and they want as many bodies as possible up front like i don't get it i don't get why they need to add so many more i don't get it how does they, it hurt they have yeah. how does it hurt if you have a guy like sebastian joseph day that you can't put on the field in a starting situation isn't that a great situation i mean yeah but like <laughs> isn't that a great a great problem to have i wonder it's just because how the physical style they play usually by the end of this when you get in the playoffs they are usually missing some guys because of that. You know that yeah. they, a lot of people like to talk about that physical style of play, how it you know how it adds up for the opponents and how bad opponents play the following week because of that. I think that they're loading up because they're like, hey, if we need somebody else, they we'll probably are loading up. I'm not saying you're saying just, that they don't have confidence, but I, no, yeah, it's just I definitely don't think it's a confidence issue. I think okay. it's more so about hey, guess what? You're great. You get it. You're great. How about I just limit you to 15 plays a game? How great could you be then? <laughs> I, I would say I would not say that I would not say that works for everyone though. Not <laughs> exactly. everybody. I think there's a lot of guys that elite of the elites. I think you need to leave them out there. So I, I agree. And, and Bosa's not coming off the field. Yeah. No. But when he does, there's a Young and a Gregory that come in. That is nice. It does sound nice. And a Pharrell. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. A couple guys like that. That's all. Is it Cleveland? Cleveland. 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 I honestly don't know Pharrell. how to I don't either. I've, I've never been able that to was a it very out. That was a very typical Detroit Lions draft pick when the Raiders took him, where it was mm-hmm. like the whole, like, I think he took him like four or something. It was real high. It was just one of those, oh, back away. We know what we're doing. You're just like, yeah, but you're not really the organization that is usually on the cutting edge of this stuff. You sure about it? I want to say it was. <laughs> Trubisky It might have been John Gruden's first pick oh. when he took over his head. It was up there because it was him and Mayock were running that draft. And I just remember when they, when they took him, everyone was just kind of like, whoa, that's kind of early there. I just yeah. I shook my head when I was watching that game the other night, San Francisco versus Baltimore, and when Lamar Jackson had that intentional grounding in the end zone, mm-hmm. who were the two guys that were chasing him? Young and uh, Bosa. Was it Bosa? I yeah. thought it was another guy. Mm-mm. Bosa and Young. I know it was Young because he was the one they showed like running mm-hmm. off the field. Yeah, and the ref. I mean, the ref got in the way too. The ref definitely got in the way. So <laughs> that was embarrassing. Uh, but yeah, good talk. The other one that I wanted to bring up was just because we visited this a couple weeks ago, but it was the whole NFC South. If the Cowboys don't win the division, likely having to go on the road to play against the NFC South. And I remember when we talked about it a couple weeks ago that I was like, oh, out of all those teams, I think you'd most want to play the Buccaneers. <laughs> and mm. now I'm starting to think that that isn't the one. And so I remember I said the one that I thought was most favorable was the Buccaneers and that I thought – the one that you wouldn't want to go to is the Superdome. But now I'm thinking the Buccaneers is, might be the last one out of those I three. might have said the same thing. I think New Orleans was the better – was the team that I would much rather face. Right. But not the environment that you want to go into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's – That's my case yeah. as well, and that's what it was. But yeah, now yeah. it's now I think I would rather go to the Superdome than face a red-hot Buccaneers ba- offense. Baker I mean, this, Baker's been balling. I Baker's mean, you could, you could joke about it as much as you want. He's been balling. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, I, who'd, who'd you rather face, Nick? 
I Falcons. Yeah, <laughs> the Falcons. But they would they would need the Buccaneers to lose one. The Buccaneers control their own destiny. If they went out, then they're in. That's so not, isn't that nice to be in that position? It's also not. Uh, well, I mean, the Cowboys are in the playoffs. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just said it's nice to be in that position. <laughs> you, you, yeah, I saw the dig. I saw the dig a little bit. There's but a yeah, bit of that. I. Um, the, the Saints would need to win out. The Falcons would need to win out, and they would hope that the Buccaneers drop one at some point, or drop two actually. Falcons have the Bears this week and the Niners next week. Or excuse me, not the Niners, the the Saints next week. So they could win out. Falcons could totally win out. Uh, the Buccaneers have the Saints this week, and then they have the where did it go? Oh, the Panthers next week. So they can definitely win out too. Actually, the the New Buccaneers Orleans. can lose to the Saints this week. And still be okay, and still make the playoffs. Hmm. So I, I guess they only really need one win to to clinch the NFC South. It's looking more and more likely that that's going to be the the four seed. So yeah, man, it's interesting. Love that. Great. Uh, one other one was the Chiefs and their downfall. I still think they're in the mix. I still wouldn't count them out. Do you guys feel like they're done? No, absolutely not. Not as long as he's quarterback and young and healthy and yeah, I'd, <laughs> with that coach. With that coach, it's they need a receiver so bad. Yes, they, they need do. like five receivers actually so bad. Well, but. even their safety blanket that has been Travis Kelsey, and a lot of people want to make the joke about Travis Kelsey and it's Taylor Swift. No, it's it's the fact that this is year ten in the league and he's played a physical brand of football forever, and so at some point he's going to see a bit of regression. And he doesn't have and a supporting cast. Bad. He said what? He doesn't have a supporting cast. Either. He has zero around him. Zero. Like it's not even like a supporting cast. It's like no. if I would have showed up today. And put on the mic, and none of you guys would have showed up. That would have been the worst show of all time. I think because I can't do it all by I think, myself. I think that's I another team that historically has not been aggressive in the offseason. I think that's going to change for them this year. Think yeah, I think so as well. It. Yeah, I, I think they, I think they move up to get a receiver in the so first too. round, and I think they might even go try to pull a receiver from somewhere. Like honestly, like a Michael Gallup in KC. Eh, who knows? Like that a type Michael Gallup type receiver in KC. That would be fun. So you guys don't think that – I'm not saying just the Taylor Swift thing, but just his popularity with everything hasn't been a factor at all? Distraction to a certain extent. So, man. Not just, even they, a little they're, they're per, 1%. Well. They're just not doing well. He was banged up to start the season, too. He might not even be healthy. Yeah. Remember, I, he didn't even start this – They when they were, played the Lions at the beginning of the year, that was one thing else I was going to say yeah. about the difference between the Lions and the Cowboys. The Lions, like, they're on – Everyone's happy because they're the direction they're heading. But like, if you look at their schedule, if that was the Cowboys' schedule, nobody would be sitting here going, "Yeah, but the Cowboys get that road win against Kansas City to start the year because that was a big kickoff to the season for the Lions." Where it's like they didn't have Chris Jones, they didn't have Travis Kelsey. Yep. This isn't the Chiefs team you thought it was. And then they've beaten the, the Bucks on the road. And if the Cowboys had done that, I don't think we'd be sitting here going, "Yeah, I know, I understand they didn't beat the Bills or Dolphins, but remember when they beat the Bucks?" Like I don't think we would be, we would yeah. say they went in Tampa Bay and beat the Bucks. <laughs> what what worries you most about Detroit's offense? Mm. Uh, the run game run getting game. going, and then they're just eating clock and keeping Dallas's offense off the field. I think that that would be the biggest one. And then Dallas has is, has to play from behind, and then you got Aiden Hutchinson pin his ears back and that kind of stuff. So I think that if the running game got going, I think that would be the biggest concern. What about you? You want to get? You would love to get in a high-scoring game against this team. I feel, if yeah. you're the Cowboys. Yeah, a shootout. Yeah, yeah. I worry about them just eating the clock. Yeah, and then playing a physical brand of football on oh. the opposing side. I mean, they took out tight end for the. Uh, you're worried Denver. they they buffalo you. 
like uh, James Cook, and uh, now it's Montgomery and Gibbs, and it's just boom, 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 down the field, down the field, down because, the field. Yeah, because the, their style of offense, like they would, they're okay running it seventy percent yeah. of the time, yeah, and, and, and throwing it thirty, but they're okay with yeah. that. Like they are perfectly fine with that. Yeah, and like that, from that sense, how calm they are in their operation, it's it, it leaves me a little little bubba gunny. Not bubble guppy, but bubble gutty. You know, yeah. you say that, and and I agree with you. I think they do. They run the ball very effectively, and whenever they've had Jared Goff held underneath thirty five attempts, they're undefeated. Mm. They are six and zero oh whenever he's held under thirty five passing attempts. So, I mean, a lot of that is is cause. In, no, I mean, in, it's, it's because you're playing from behind. Yeah. You throw the, throw it a little bit more. He's thrown it at least 25 times in every single game this year all but three he's thrown it at least 33 times and he has four games where he's had 40 or more passing attempts so they will throw it around Mm -hmm. like that's not out of the question either they've thrown it 40 times against minnesota in a win 44 times against tampa bay in a win 44 times against green bay in a tight loss and then he threw it 53 times in a blowout game against baltimore so that one's kind of a loss but they'll throw it around what would you say their approach was to dallas last year Offensively, I don't remember what I had for dinner last night, Isaiah. Dang it. Dang it. Do you remember where you were last night? <laughs> I do, I do. Fortunately, um, gosh, I, I yeah, I do not remember that game at all. I'm coming back, I'm getting I don't to it. that game at all. I just remember the physicality. It was very, very physical. That, that is what I worry yeah. about when I look at this game. Is because you look at the teams that have been on paper more physical than the Cowboys this year. They've given them issues, even at home. Like there's been a couple of instances where they, they've they've been given issues. In Dallas, I feel like Dallas matched the physicality of this week in Miami. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I, I really feel that. I mean, yeah, but, but Miami, I don't feel like has agreed, agreed. comparable physicality agreed. to Buffalo. Or... Agreed, but it's a it's a mentality thing, right? It's a decision to. To enforce your will, so I to, I'm not going to argue with you on that one. I yeah, Miami is not Detroit when it comes to physicality, mm-hmm. but I like the fact that they they matched it yeah. right. Even though it wasn't at that level, they still they they didn't they didn't bow down or back down from it. Like they brought it right. You talk about Malik Hooker, like he brought it. You know, D Law, he brought it. Like those guys, they had an attitude to them on that side of the ball. But I think we would all have been surprised if they didn't coming off that Buffalo game. The way they played against Miami is exactly how I expected. Because we have a long track record here. Like when I talk about the Lions, yeah. it's a lot more of it's about this season. The Cowboys, this is like a building off mm-hmm. of we're on a third season now of a team making the playoffs, a good football yeah. team. And so because of that, it's it's just a it's a little bit different of a thing where I, I feel like you can count on like, well, they just played that game against Buffalo. There's no way they're gonna show up this week playing that poorly on their run defense. Mm-hmm. No way. Not uh, with Dan Quinn and his defense. They got, they got too much skins on the wall for that. Yeah. Last year's uh, game for Detroit, Jared Goff, 21 of 26 passing, but he had two t- two interceptions, no touchdowns. They they lost, of course, 24 to 6. Had the two field goals in the first half, and they were shut out in the second half. Michael Parsons had a couple of sacks. Uh, Donovan Wilson had a sack. They they were running is mm-hmm. what they were. I mean, they were running away is what they were doing. Yeah, for sure. And that was the game plan. Retreat. Survive. The difference, uh, too, is they had neither of those running backs that they're going to bring to the field on no. Saturday. Uh, there's a lot of weapons on that offense. that they did. Uh, James yeah. Williams, Sam Laporta. I mean, it's a completely different, different look. It's Williams was uh, their their leading rusher last year. Uh, I forgot his first name. Javante. Javante. Jamal. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams was their leading rusher. So it was, 15 it was for 79. To improve their offense this year. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, that's it, where you go spend is, those picks on them. It is yeah. crazy, though, how much this Lions team has turned around. And I don't think enough is said about this. 
from the day that they traded TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. It makes no sense. Because you're talking, they trade Hawkinson, and they're maybe like two, one and six, two and six. It looked like you're just waving the white flag or whatever. And they went on this run after it happened. And it doesn't make any sense because he's obviously a good player. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I, I, I don't understand it at all. But they ha- obviously that was that's what I'm saying. Just a different team than they were when they played the Cowboys. Well, they were one and five after they lost to the Cowboys last year. They lost the week after that to the Dolphins, and then since then they've absolutely taken off. And yeah. They've won. I, I mean, most of their games since then. After losing to Miami, they won all but two of their remaining games. So what is that? That's eight and two down the stretch. Yeah, and then a, of course they're eleven and four this year. Yeah, eleven fours. <laughs> that's an incredible season. It's an incredible season. It'll be a fun one to see on Saturday. Is that tied for the best in the league right now? Record-wise? No. Who is uh, Baltimore is 12-3. and three. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Best in the gotcha. NFC. Gotcha. It's yeah. tied for best in the gotcha. NFC. And they've and got a chance. they, they, they played Baltimore, man, <laughs> that was not even – I mean, that was embarrassing. Like, the Lions just were destroyed by Baltimore. It was during yeah. the Cowboys' bye week. And uh, that Baltimore did the same thing they did to San Francisco where they you just look at them and you're like, man, maybe this is by far the best team in the league. Yeah. 38 to 6 was that mm-hmm. final score. It was in Baltimore. It was too. a noon game. I remember it was just bloody from yeah. like the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it for us today here on Talking Cowboys. Tomorrow we've got QB Vision. We'll take a look at the offensive preview for the Cowboys offense going up against the Detroit defense. Can the Detroit defense match the physicality of what their offense will bring to the table on Saturday? For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?